I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So God is going to refire us in the place of prayer and intercession for our families. We said we are watchmen in our own families. I love the title of this. My media assistant and I came up with it. We are prophetically praying parents and this is a call to action again mothers fathers those of you that are over 50 over 60 i have a word for you and i really believe i need to stir you up before we can talk about how to pray for the children joshua 13 1 says when joshua had grown old the lord said to him you are now very old and there are still very large areas of the land to be taken over. In other words, like I said, it's not a time to retire. It's not a time to draw back. It's not a time to hang on the boat and do nothing. It's not a time to go have a bunch of beers with your friends. It's a time to set your face like a flint and, and pray and stand in the gap and do war against the enemy who is desiring to take our kids out. See, I believe that this generation is the generation that Kenneth E. Hagin spoke of. He said, there's going to come a generation or an army that it will be said of them like it was said of the early church. They that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. And the enemy sees the potential of this army of young people. He sees the potential. This, this army of young people has something on the inside of them that no other uh, generations has ever had on the inside of them heretofore. And so that's why, you know, we're, that's why we've got to stand up and we've got to push back the forces of darkness so that they can't have our children. They are precious children. Now again, prayer opens up the door for God to work. James 5:16, the amplified says, "The earnest, help, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working." So you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know who you are in Christ. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. You are in Christ. We've been taught we're in Christ. It is our position in the spirit. And he said the effectual fervent prayer of that person in Christ avails much. So doubting that your prayers don't work isn't going to work. Because God has already given us everything that we need to have success in prayer. It's just that I think what's happened is we've been praying a lot of worry prayers and fear prayers and upsetting prayers and reminding God of what's going on with our youth instead of reminding God 
of what he said in his word. So remember, my friends, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you hear this word, just know that your prayers on the behalf of your children are availing much. It's just the enemies trying to get us distracted and trying to throw smoke screens and say your prayers aren't working. But this is not a time, like we said, to draw back. It's a time to press in, okay? Now, Mark Batterson in his book, The Circle Maker said, each prayer is like a seed that gets planted in the ground. And he also said, and I love this, he said, you will never be a perfect parent. How many of you are perfect parents? None of us, right? None of us are perfect parents. He says, you'll never be a perfect parent. We all make mistakes. We all did things wrong. We all know that, right? We'll never be a perfect parent. But he said, and I love this, but you can be a praying parent. Prayer is your highest privilege as a parent. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. Your prayers for your children are the greatest legacy you will ever leave, okay? Now, as we get into this message, I first wanna paint a vision because it's very important for us to have a spiritual vision and know what God said about our children. And so we're gonna paint a vision. But before we do, I just wanna share my own personal story. And many of you have heard this story and it is in my book, Contend, Stewarding the Hearts and Destiny of Our Children Through Prayer. And that book is hopefully gonna be released in the next four weeks. We're just waiting on um, an endorsement to come in. But my personal, my personal testimony was that I wanted to have children and I was having trouble conceiving. And so therefore, the father of my children and I, we went to a fertility doctor and we sought help. And, and during that time, the Lord began to speak to me and, I, and he said to me, Margie, he said, I'm gonna make you a happy mother of children. I will cause your barren womb to be a fruitful place because it's my promise. You know, I told, even he said it all the way in Genesis. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so I knew, therefore, that it was God's will for me to have children. And so in the process of going through the whole fertility treatment that I went through, as I began the process, I pulled into my garage right after I had just met with the doctor and started the process. And I was pretty upset that I had to go the doctor route. I wanted to go, you know, the route of believing God. You know, the scripture says, none shall lose their young by miscarriage, nor be barren in the land. I just wanted to believe God and believe God for a miracle, but that's not how it happened for me. What happened to me was God used doctors. He used a fertility specialist to fulfill the promise of God. So with that being said, I was upset about it. I was upset that I had to go the fertility route and not the miracle route so to speak, miracle, meaning just the Holy Spirit just coming on me and I'm miraculously getting pregnant on my own without the help of fertility doctors. And so when I pulled into the garage of my um, house, 
The Lord said to me, and here's a promise. This is what's called a rhema word. And many of you have had rhema word promises spoken over your children. And we have to go to war for those prophecies to come to pass. There's a scripture that talks about that. Because the devil does not want those prophecies that have been spoken over your children to come to pass. Someone is listening and you've had prophecies that have been given to you while you were pregnant. And the Lord had a word for your child and a prophecy over your child. And now your child in the natural looks like he's going on a different road and a different path. Okay? Well, you know, you have the rhema word. And, and, and I love it when God gives us that because all of his promises are yes and amen. And when I pulled into the garage, I heard the Lord say to me, you're going to have twins in your first pregnancy and you will get pregnant through in vitro fertilization. He said, he said, and in your second pregnancy, you're going to have a singleton and you will get pregnant on your own. And I was going to have it for you tonight, and I forgot. I'll try to have it for you next week. But I still have the original piece of paper where he promised me that scripture. So I went ahead and went through the whole cycle of, of all the shots and all the things that go along with fertility treatment. And what happened to me was on the very first cycle, I was pregnant. I got pregnant right away, and I got pregnant with twins okay and so i was really happy you know the bible says he makes the barren woman to be the happy mother of children and i was getting the, the room ready and the and the crib ready and then wallpapering and getting two cribs and two of everything and and it, and then all of a sudden about 26 weeks into my pregnancy i started to go into preterm labor now that is not good you do not want to go into preterm labor, okay? So the doctors put me on bed rest. I was on bed rest for about three weeks. And all of a sudden, on the day in my shower, I went into full-blown labor. I didn't even get to go to my own shower. All my friends were at my shower, and they were actually praying for us at the shower. And so I went into full-term labor, got to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, um... You know, I just, I just, just was thanking God that, 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 you know, you make the barren woman to be the happy mother of children, that none shall lose their young by miscarriage, nor be barren in the land. And I just was speaking the word and speaking the word and speaking the word. And after a period of time, the doctor says, listen, we can't wait any longer. We have to go in and we have to do an emergency C-section and we have to take these babies out. And so here we go, rushing me into the emergency room, getting everything ready. And when they went in, they went in and then they, 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 they were able to get Jonathan out. And when Jonathan was born, he was the firstborn. He was born and he was, he was immediately started crying. He was fine. He was crying, crying, crying. He was about three pounds, five ounces. You know, he wasn't like fully developed, obviously, but at least he was crying. And then when he went to, when the doctors went in to get Danielle, she didn't want to come out. She went, kept crawling up my ribs, and there was like this little tug of war to get this little baby out. So when they finally got her out, she came out, but she wasn't crying. She wasn't, didn't say a word. And so immediately, 
They rushed her off into another room and they began to work on her. And that was the moment and that was the day and that was the hour. And I wish I remember the time and the hour. I'm sure it's in their birth certificate. I don't know. But that was the day and that was the hour that I realized, parents, that I was not only giving birth to my children in the natural, that it was up to me to give birth to them and to pray for them, stand for them, believe for them, go to war for them in the realm of prayer and in the realm of the spirit. And I began to take authority over the devil. I took authority over death. I took authority over the God of this world. And I began to speak the word of God. And I said to the Lord, and remember, we're not praying worry prayers. We're not praying fear prayers. We're praying the promises of God. And I said to, I said to the Lord, I didn't care who heard me. I didn't care. You know, when you're desperate, you don't care who's around you and who's hearing what you're saying. I said, Lord, you promised me. You promised me, and you're not a man that you should lie. And what you've spoken, you'll make good. You promised me that I would be the happy mother of children. You promised me that none would lose their young by miscarriage, nor be barren in the land. You promised me that, that you know, you were going to give me twins in my first pregnancy. This is the prophetic word. And a single, that's twins in my first pregnancy. And I just began to go to war and pray in tongues and use the name of Jesus. Long story short, they got her to cry, they put her on a ventilator, and they were both in an incubator, and they were both in the hospital about six weeks. And while they were in the hospital, I stayed in the hospital. I'm a watchman in my own house. They're my kids, my territory. I'm not letting the devil have them. I'm gonna be right there watching over them. And I put scriptures on their incubators, and I would speak the word over them, and pray over them, and, and so on and so forth. And just to let you know, they were able to come home. Danielle came home at four pounds, five ounces, and Jonathan came home at five pounds. They were tiny, tiny little, little babies. But I was able to care for them, and God fulfilled his word, and he fulfilled his promise. But let me tell you something. Those of you that are parents and everybody that's all my kids' friends who have babies, we all know that it never ends. You know, you pray for them when they're babies, and you're going to be praying for them when they're, you know, when they're 60 years old, you know? So anyway, so then about seven months after they were born, just to kind of give you kind of the funny part, seven months after they were born, legit, I found out that the thing that was moving around on the inside of me was a baby. I found out I was five months pregnant. <laughs> And within 20 weeks, my second, my third child were born, just like the Lord said, you'll have a singleton in your second. And I had three babies in one year. But that's, that was, that's where the assignment continued, the continued just even to grow. So that's my testimony. And I just want to encourage you that your children, every single one of you, it's no accident that you're their parent. It's no accident that you are the one that they grew up with and are, are in the family with. Now, there's many of you just like me, you have children that were not born of your womb, but they are, you know, like your godchildren, or you're mentoring them, or they look to you for spiritual advice. We're also, when we talk about contending for the hearts and destiny of our children, we're also talking about those children who were not born of your womb or born into your family. 
And, and I believe with all of my heart as I'm speaking this, many of you are thinking of who these kids are. I know my kids, because they're all so close in age, all of their friends, they would always be in this kitchen, you know, and they'd call me godmother, and, and, and it was always this thing that I had. You know, you know, you, you know, you, 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 you know, your heart just gets bigger and 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 bigger. And this time and in this season, many of us who are mothers and fathers, we have so many children that we're to pray for and watch over. And it's not just your own flesh and blood. Okay. So that's when I learned right in the delivery room that I was going to not just be a parent that gave birth that God was going to use me and the responsibility to pray for them, not just when they were born and rebuke death, but for the rest of their lives as long as I am on this earth. And I will say this, I'm going to be on this earth a long time, into my 90s. And I'll, into my 90s, I'm going to be rocking and praying for my children. And mothers and fathers and those of you that are aunts and uncles and grandmothers, when you leave this earth, Long after you've left this earth, your prayers are going to continue to produce results because there's no time or distance in the spirit. So when you leave this earth, all the prayers you ever pray that you didn't see personally fulfilled are still going to come to pass. That's why it's very important. And we're going to teach this as we move forward. <clears throat> That's why it's very important that you hold fast the confession of your faith on your behalf of your children without wavering. Don't speak negative. Don't speak the problem. Don't speak what you see. Don't tell your friends about what they're saying. I mean, it's okay to have your friends. But what I'm saying is it's very important to speak words of life and health and healing over your kids after you've stood in the gap and prayed for them. Okay, so the enemy is afraid of this generation of young people who are in the earth today. Some have been aborted, thus never fulfilling their destiny. And we said it, and I'll say it again, they have more potential, more gifting than any other generation. He is not just afraid of our kids, of who they are right now. He is threatened and afraid of who they will become. Why? Because there is a call on this on these generations. First Peter 2 9 says, You are a chosen generation. In the scripture, it says a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I believe these these kids that are in the earth today are a chosen generation. They are chosen, and yes, they are special. The enemy, the God of this world, is picking up on their destiny. And the enemy sees it, and he is afraid. Okay? Jeremiah 1.5. Before I ever formed you, in the case of Jeremiah, in your mother's womb, God said, I knew you. And in Jeremiah's case, he said, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Before our children were ever formed in our wombs, those of us that are women, Okay, we're speaking to men and women because praying parents can be men and women. And I, I know that there's a lot of powerful men that are rising up as watchmen in their own homes. But they were chosen to live in this time. It was God's decree and, and God's answer 
for the times and the seasons to bring these children into the earth today. As a matter of fact, I was speaking at the Church of Grace and Peace many years ago, and it was right after the Twin Towers came down. And it was the very first speaking engagement I had since the Twin Towers came down. It was probably only weeks. And I remember walking into the conference and the hum of the room was, or the thoughts that the women, it was a women's conference, were thinking were, it was fear. The whole room was generated with fear. And, and, I, and I, was, I walked in, I said, Lord, what am I gonna say to these, these mothers? I mean, you know, the Twin Towers came down. All flights were shut down. You didn't even hear planes flying over. You know, and you know how at night you hear the planes flying over, you know, and, and you don't even realize that, that they're there until they're not there anymore. You know, we were, that was a very scary time. And, and, and I just said to God, you know, what am I going to say to these ladies? What are you going to say to these ladies, you know, that, that's going to help them? And the Lord said to me, and he said, and this is the first time this seed was planted in my heart because I had never thought of it. He said, you tell those ladies. He said, those who I call, I equip, okay? He, before I formed them in the mother's womb, I knew them, and I equipped them to live in a time such as this. And you tell them that they are equipped, their children, their sons and daughters are equipped with something on the inside of them that no other generation has ever had and has walked the face of this earth. And so, you know, the Bible says comfort one another with these words. And that brought true comfort to me because my kids have something that I don't have. And that's what the enemy fears. Ecclesiastes 3.2 says, in, in everything there is a time and a season and a purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.2 says, there is a time to be born. It was no accident that they were born in this time, in this season, in this season of perilous times. It is no accident that you're their grandparents. It's no accident that you're their father. It's no accident that you're their aunt. It's no accident that you're their mother, okay? It's no accident, okay? Now, these kids are living in perilous times. We talked about the Twin Towers coming down and think about what everything else that's gone down since. School shootings, concert shootings, the violence that is rising in the world, the pandemic, virtual learning, and all the uncertainty, okay? I remember also a time when I was in a, a conference with Yolanda Stiff, and we were, we were thinking about what was happening in the world, and, and I can't get into the full detail, but uh, there was a situation that took place with one of the daughters of one of the mothers that were in attendance, and this particular daughter has a strong call on her life, and she suffered a trauma. And so I remember teaching them about praying for their children. We were all, you know, discussing it and teaching on it, and I had a word of prophecy, and it's the same thing that I said before, that the Lord said that there are, as never before, in any other generation, he said there's little Samuels, little Joshuas, little Rahabs, little Esthers, little Debras. 
There's never been a time and a season in the earth today where there are so many five-fold ministry gifts in the earth. And the five-fold ministry gifts Jesus spoke of in Ephesians 4.11, he gave some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Okay, why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And the Lord said, there's never been a time in a season where there's, I sent so many of the five-fold ministry gifts into the earth and they're residing on the inside of your children. And I need you to stand in the gap. I need you to go to war on their behalf. I need you to pray for them. And having done all to stand, keep standing therefore with your loins girt about with the truth of my word and use the weapons of your warfare that are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy against your children. I have called you for such a time as this to, to stand in the gap for your kids so that they can move into the fullness of their destiny. Brother Hagin said one time, he said, and I'll never forget it. And speaking of intercession, which we're going to get into in the next few weeks, he said, some people will never be saved, never be healed, never be delivered unless someone prays for them. It is so the case with our children. If we don't stand and we don't take this call to action seriously, the gift that is in them that desires to be formed and unwrapped will not come to the surface and have its way. There's so many voices that are in the world, the voices of the counselors at college and in high schools, and there's so many things that have our children's attention. But the one voice that God really wants our children to hear is his voice, the voice of the good shepherd, the voice that leads our children on a straight and narrow path, not the way of the world, not even a, a career whereby they're gonna make lots and lots of money. You know, our treasure is in heaven. Whatever we do on this earth, you know, is, is, is treasure in heaven when it's done as unto the Lord. So I don't know, I'm on this, this, this rabbit trail here. I, it is very important that we begin to understand that there's ministry gifts on the inside of many of our children and that God wants these gifts to be, to be stirred up and unwrapped. Now, when it comes to a call of God on your child, which is a complete rabbit trail, when it comes to the call of God on your child, you may sense that they have something. You may have had a word of prophecy, okay? But you don't tell them, okay? This is like wise, natural parenting. You don't tell them. They have to discover it for themselves. You know, let, let, let the Lord woo them and move them and visit them and shine his light on them. Let him, him, so to speak, bring that anointing up out of them so that the desire comes from them and not from the pressure of our own will and what we desire them to be, even though we may have an inkling of what they're called to be and called to do. Okay, that was my rabbit trail. That was good. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so what about this generation? Romans 5.20 says, where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. The early church, the Bible says in Acts 4.33, and I love this, that great grace was upon the early church. So we're living in a time where all this is going on, but God is also saying there is great grace on your young people, on your children. And what we're going to see, and you're going to see this, and I believe this with all my heart, that these young people, they are marked for signs, wonders, 
greater measures of the anointing because think about it we've been transferring this to them all along even though they don't know it through laying out of hands through prayer by associating with us by hanging with us at the dinner table it's being transferred okay but they are marked by signs wonders a greater measure of the anointing they are pioneers the lord said with great faith now remember we're painting a vision in your heart so you understand the potential of your children because sometimes we're blinded because we hear what they're saying and see what they're doing and we don't always see the full potential but here's how god sees them he doesn't look at the outward man god looks on the heart he says they are pioneers with great faith to advance and conquer lastly the lord said they have a boldness because of the generations and because of how they've been raised and because of social media media he says these this generation of young people they have a boldness to speak because they are not afraid of man and they are a prophetic people okay before we close i'm going to give you some more promises for our children this was actually just an introduction um and we're going to get into a lot of things and how to pray for our children we're going to talk about spiritual burdens we're going to talk about how they manifest we're going to talk about many 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 things and we'll just see how the holy spirit takes us here's some more promises about our for our children remember this is all foundational proverbs 22 6 and all of this is in my book all these promises are in my book proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the ways that they should go and when he is old he will not depart from it that's a promise that's a definite that will surely come to pass but you've got to water this scripture and this promise with your prayers okay acts 16 31 believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved and your household isaiah 54 13 this is one of my favorite scriptures all of your children will be taught by the lord and great shall be the peace of your children joel 2 28 your sons and your daughters will prophesy and <laughs> i added this you know and move in the spirit of seeing and knowing okay they are going to move in the spirit of seeing and knowing because the spirit of prophecy is seeing and knowing okay and think about it there's such a rise of witchcraft and new age and everything that's in the earth today well god has a plan to overcome the works of darkness with the spirit of seeing and knowing philippians 1 6 6 <clears throat> being confident of this he who has begun a good work in your children it says in you but let's make it personal in your children he his scripture says will carry it to completion until the day of jesus christ isaiah 49 25 i love this one this is what the lord says yes captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce i will contend with those who contend with you and your children i will save your children i will save your children i will save if you have a child that's walked away from god or a child who's not yet born again i'm going to teach you how to pray for them and it works prayer opens up the door for god to work i have so much in my heart to share with you but tonight's introduction okay catherine coleman said the greatest power 
given to any individual is the power of prayer. Okay? There Leroy Brownlow said, let us not neglect prayer just because we do not fully comprehend the infinite power of the God at whose throne we kneel. I do not understand everything about gravity, but I know it works. Okay, so conclusion. Where do we begin with this call to action? Okay, this is where we're going to begin. Tonight's a beginning night. Okay, first of all, this is what the Lord said. I'm going to pray Psalms 92.10 over each and every one of you and over those of you that are listening to the replay. And please share this video on your timeline. Please share it with your friends. This is a very important message. This is the time in this season we have got to press in and stand in the gap for our children. I can't say it enough. But I'm going to pray Psalms 92.10 for you. That God would anoint you with fresh oil. And those of you that have been weary and tired, God is going to put a spark on the inside of you and give you a greater measure of grace to continue to run. I'm going to pray for a shaking off of distractions and warfare. Oh, yeah. No question about it. No question about it. I'm going to pray for a stirring up of the spirit of grace and supplication. The spirit of grace and supplication is the spirit of prayer. So we're going to pray for that. What are you going to do? How are you going to implement this call to action? James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay? Okay? Deceiving yourselves. Oh, I just heard a word. I'm praying for my kids. But then you get distracted. Then, you know, you, 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 there, there's so many things that pull because that, some of that's the devil, okay, getting you distracted. But we're going to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And what else are you going to do? This is what I would encourage you to do. I, and we're going to do it with my team and my friends. Start prayer calls, Zoom calls, home meetings. Listen, my friends, even if it's 15 minutes, okay, call your friends and say, Every day at 9 o'clock, we're going to pray 15 minutes for our, our children. And we're all going to pray in agreement. You know, there's power in agreement. There's power when men and women stand together and pray in agreement. My team and I, we have such power in agreement. It's just incredible. We've seen so many healings and so many people set free. And lives change because of our, our prayers together. And let me just say this. You know, it's, we don't always feel like praying. When we have our prayer calls, sometimes it's like, oh God, I gotta pray, oh God, I gotta pray. And don't look at me in that tone of voice like you don't understand what I'm talking about. But when we get in together and we join forces together and we stand in agreement, something takes a hold of us. God commands his blessing. One will chase a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. And it's encouraging to pull together with those of like faith. So what I would encourage you to do, your call to action, have prayer calls. Make it a priority of your day. Schedule it in your day. Maybe do it every single day for the next month or make February the month of praying for your kids just to kickstart you, okay? Okay, organize and mobilize prayer together with other caregivers. I already said that. But you can do that. Just, just you're, you and your best friend, okay? Mobilize prayer. Get everybody together. You're, you don't have to, listen, when it comes to your kids, you don't have to fight this battle alone. There's other mothers and fathers who will help you and stand in the gap with you to help you and see your child go to and into 
the place that God has ultimately called them to do. Okay, so I'm going to pray for you. I don't know what time it is because, again, we had to use the phone tonight because of all the, uh, the different things that are going on with the, the camera on the, the computer and the Facebook. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. So I'm just going to ask you just to close your eyes and just lift your hands to heaven if you're in a car. Just, just receive right where you are. Listen, my friends. There's no time and no distance in the spirit. Though we're absent in the flesh, we're all together in the spirit. And we are the family of God. And I have an anointing and a mantle. I was remantled with this recently to teach you how to pray for your children, to help you get through this time. And so I want you to receive something of what I carry and allow it just to go into your hearts, into the depths of your hearts. Okay? You ready? So, Heavenly Father, I, I just come before you. I thank you, Lord, for this time that we had together as mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and, and godmothers. Father, I pray. Now, just receive it. Father, I pray that you would anoint my listeners, those that are live and those that are on the replay, with fresh oil that you would ignite a fire within their belly and stir up within them a desire and a longing and a calling and a fire to pray for their children like never before. I also pray, Lord, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that as we teach over the next four to six weeks, there would be spiritual enlightenment, <laughs> that this, would, this message and this, the, those that are doers of the word that it would bring such damage to the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name, I take authority over the distractions that have tried to blind the minds and the hearts and the, the, I just see like a band around your head. I just take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Discouragement and distractions and warfare that has kept these caregivers from entering into the place of prayer on the behalf of their children. And Lord, I just give you the praise, and the honor, and the glory. And Lord, I just thank you this, for this time that we had together. I thank you that the enemy did not stop us, but I thank you that we will continue to press in and press on and be the soldiers you have called us to be in the times that we live. Thank you for listening to Jesus. the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.